College Football Nation, we are back. Week two. Hey, listen, week one didn't disappoint. It was a good week. Um, we all made a little bit of money, I believe. I know we, we were definitely pushing some some pretty good plays last week. Uh, Dave, how did you do last week? You know, not bad. I cashed in about 50% of my contest, which I'll take. Um, and then it hit my one cash game. So um, not a huge cash out, but enough because don't we had some good picks. And, I, and you know, I just got to hit on a couple of them. I mean, that App State-UNC game, you mentioned Drake May, and I hope some people held on to that. You also mentioned the running back matchup there. You could have played both. I mean, we were talking Noel and we were talking um, their, their situation there. That game was just outstanding, dynamic wonderful and then in the houston game obviously we both love tank dell and you can't get away from that and then you know the, if you could play some utsa games guys like frank harris you were able to come in you know with one of the better quarterback duos you know if you paired him up with anyone like may or someone else so in the end i think we had a solid day i think we're gonna have a better one tomorrow we did i'm gonna i'm gonna toot my own horn for a minute i uh, i didn't tell everyone this because it was obviously live but uh i was actually at a party in New York, and I look at the lines, and Houston was down 21-7. And they had yes. the ball, and the live line went up to plus 575. And I said, they got the ball down. to this is a better team. I smashed it. Smashed yes. But they were one up at 6-1, to one, and I hit nice. it. Biggest bet nice. of the year so far. Well, and I loved the over in that game. So I needed it to go to overtime, and it, it, was, it just – but I had Houston as well, and those two-point conversions were killing me at the end of the game. But, yes, that was great. That was yeah, great. Right. Good pick. It was great. It was a fun game to watch. It was really exciting. And now we have another fun slate to break down for DFS purposes. So, again, indeed, you know, I'm trying to remember last year. Is it new this year that we're getting, like, 14 game slates? I remember last year being, like, nine or eight. 14 seems like a lot. No, I agree. I think, you know – I was used to 11-12, so it just feels like they're picking two more. And listen, you know the slate. It's an early slate even. So 14, it's a, it's the main one. But, I mean, that's up to 4 o'clock. So yeah. I do feel like it's a tad more, 10% more at least this year. Which, you know, depends how you're playing. You know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right? It's just different. It's a lot more information to go through. From a college perspective, the way I look at it is I think it's better for GPPs because yes. it's going to die, you know, disparate – disperse the ownership a bit for the guys that you really like. Um, there's clear games that you can almost completely fade, right? You don't want to have any exposure to them. There's clear games where you're going to really want to hone in on and be super explosive. So we're going to go through that tonight. We're going to go through each game like we always do. We'll go through the depth charts, who we like, who we don't like, and then you'll have your picks from there. Dave, should we dive right in? Let's dive right in. And I see one of my buddies checking on the side. Adam Seats, what's up, man? Thanks for checking in. I know you're a big Penn State guy. They got a big game tomorrow with Ohio. I think you might be going out to that game. So good luck, buddy. All right, Adam. Good luck to you. Let's get this going. We're going to go through the depth charts. We'll start with the first game on the slate here. This is going to be South Carolina and Arkansas. Before we dive into this game, one thing that's just been on my mind with this South Carolina team is what happened to Spencer Rattler? Yeah, you know, I I had some doubts about him in Oklahoma before he kind of fizzled last year. It just doesn't feel like it, the physical talents are there, right? But they're just something that just doesn't click with him. And I'm a little concerned after that first week. So I, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm, I'm just not sure if we can really trust him. And I'm not trusting him this week. I'll tell you that much. 
I mean, there was a time and uh, not that long ago where he was the consensus first pick in the draft. Yes. yes. And now he's he's probably not gonna make the leap, which is wild how much that can change. Uh, but yeah, right now he's at a point of wait and see. He can't be played right now, I would say. He's gonna have to show us he's found something before we can go to him for DFS purposes. And that's kind of where I'm landing on this entire South Carolina offense. Um, I don't really see too much on this team at all that I feel comfortable playing um, right now, you know, until we see something from them. The one guy that I could I could get behind is this guy, Jaheim Bell. Jaheim Bell was a pretty athletic tight end. The main reason for liking him, because he gets a lot of touches and he's 3,500. So if you want yeah. to a value play, he could score a touchdown and, and you know, at 3,500, he doesn't even need 100 yards. So for a guy in the 3K range that could be a value play, you can play him. He's a really good athlete. He's one of their best players. They give him carries. They throw him the ball. Uh, so from a value perspective, I can play him. But that's probably the only guy I'll be looking at on the South Carolina team. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm pretty much I'm, – I'm off South Carolina. Arkansas is very solid up front, right? And they, they have a decent secondary until I – I don't know what South Carolina is yet. I think they've improved, and they didn't really show it as much in week one. But we're going to know more about them, obviously, after this game. But for now, yeah, I'm off them. But there are a couple guys on the other side, Bowen, and I'm sure you have your eyes on a couple. Well, I mean, listen, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm starting to get – I'm like I'm unsure right now on K.J. Jefferson. Unsure in the sense of he's obviously very good. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really sure about that. The question now is – is he like elite? Like, is he should, should he be in the Heisman conversation elite, or is he just like a pretty good quarterback? And that's where I'm going back and forth. You know, he he certainly has a ton of upside, but like, I don't think this is the type of team that's ever going to let him throw the ball 40 times, right? So yeah, be a running attack, which you know he can get you two rushing touchdowns, and if he throws for you know 150 yards another touchdown, that's more than his value at that point. So um, he can get value every week. He's definitely going to be able to be on my radar, and unless his price goes up into the 8Ks. Until then, I'll be playing at least some KJ Jefferson. Yeah, I will. I think seventy four hundred is still is a fair price. You got a couple of quarterbacks. I mean, I think Bryce Young might be in the ten k range this week. So I'm going to be looking at guys in this six to seven k range. And Jefferson's going to be on my charts. Four TDs versus a good Cincinnati defense. You're right. You're never going to see the the days of three fifty passing and forty throws, but you are going to see him mixed in with. The whole offense. So I think there's value in KJ Jefferson this week, and I, I he will be in some of my lineups for sure. And at the point I want to make real quick, this is something that I have a strategy in college football I fully believe in. Bryson's amazing. There's no doubt about it. He's probably the yeah. best player in college football. But at this price tag, he it's it's just listen, even if he gets value, there could be someone like KJ Jefferson who could match him, which is then makes Bryce Young irrelevant because you can get someone who can who's possible getting the same amount of points at three thousand dollars cheaper. So by pricing him so high, it just makes it for me impossible to play him. Because even though I do think he has the most upside and he's the best player, I just think there's somebody on this slate that can do the same thing at cheaper. And so it's a matter of finding that guy and then building a more balanced roster with him. I agree hundred percent. I mean, if you're gonna pay ten for a quarterback, you have to get forty. And I just don't know if you're gonna be favored by twenty. Like they are versus Texas, even though Texas is really bad on defense, that could be take your foot off the gas pedal. You got 40, you got 32 by a half, and then there's nothing. So, um, if I'm ever going to pay that much to your point, it's going to be in a close game or a predicted close game, right? I want to, I want to see four quarters of football. So, that's another reason I'm probably laying off a high quarterback like that. He'll do awesome. But, like you said, I think we can find value at 
cheaper prices that are going to get you almost that much. But even but my, even if he even if he gets the forty, right? If KJ Jefferson also gets forty, yep. then he's, he, he neutralizes him because you're better off with KJ Jefferson. So it's got to be like sixty and no one else getting close, and that's the only way where it's like okay, you had to play, right? And that's, yep. otherwise, it's it's just got to get off him. So. And the good thing is, and if you're not watching our show, he's still going to go out there and be 20% owned because he's the best player and people are going to play. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm with you. I'm off because I do think you can find the 40s with someone else. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And you have to. So Raheem Sanders now is interesting. Raheem Sanders is a really good player. I, you know, honestly, it's the same type of conversation for me with Sanders as it is with Young. Just obviously a different scale. He's a really good player. He can certainly get you there. I just think on this slate with 14 games, we're going to find better value at running back than Raheem Sanders at AK. So, you know, would I be mad at you for playing him? No. Can he break the slate? Yes. Uh, but, you know, price per dollar, like pound for pound, I think I can do better this week. Yeah, I do. And I, I still just don't know what South Carolina is on defense. SP Plus has him at 16th overall on defense. So it's a – they have some value defensively that I just don't know yet what they are. And I'm not willing to pay 7,900 for Sanders where we could get a stuff them game. So I I'm with you. I he's great and he can break the bank, but again, 14 games, I can be, I can be choosy, right? You have to be, right? You can't play yeah. everybody with 14 games. You got to yeah. choose. So we're going to, we're going to pick our spots here. Now on the receiver side, um, you know, I actually think I am interested in Trey Knox. You know, he, he looked good week one. They got him the ball a lot. At 4,100, I think that's a value, especially if you want to pair someone with – now, you don't have to pair someone with K.J. Jefferson. Because if he's running, you can play K.J. Jefferson solo. But if you want to pair someone, I think Knox is a good target at 4,100. I mean, six for 75 and two TDs in week one, absolutely. At 4,100, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. I think he had probably eight targets too. So, you know, he's a guy that they're going to fit in the game for sure. And if we talked about earlier, that defense is decent with South Carolina plug in the run tight end opens up the field. So I, I'm with you. Yeah. The last guy I'm even going to mention on this team is, is, uh, is it Hazelwood or Hazelwood? I, I I've always heard it as Hazelwood, but yeah, it looks like Hazelwood. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll call him Hazelwood. He's transferred from Oklahoma. Yep. He's a good player. He, he's probably their most talented receiver. Uh, his price is a little high. He wasn't overly productive last week. I think that's going to – I think he's going to, you know, neutralize and he probably underperformed last week to what he will be for the year. So I think we'll see some better performances out of him. Will be this week, maybe. Uh, you do. You are paying for him. So, again, I think there's another one for me. If you really want to pair someone with K.J. Jefferson and you want – he's probably their top receiver, I'm okay with it. It'll probably be a little different by doing so. Uh, but it's not going to be someone I'm going to be overly prioritizing. I agree. I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. It, good player, worth maybe a little taste, maybe 10% of your lineups, but I, I wouldn't go heavy. Agreed. Totally agreed. All right, let's keep this train moving. We're going to look at this Missouri-Kansas State game. Um, Dave, what are you doing with Missouri this week? Well, so one, one of my favorite games, um, not just from a point total perspective, they're like the fourth or fifth highest total on the board at 56 and a half, which is, which is nice. But I just think there's a lot of different value in this game. This Missouri team brings a little bit of value. And my, I think my favorite guy in this is Luther Burden III at receiver. Um, you know, the true freshman had a really good breakout game in week one with two TDs. So he's kind of a guy now also listen Mizzou ran for I want to say it was 300 yards in week one it wasn't versus anybody great but in the end I could see some Cody Schrader here he was the lead cow at running back for them so those are kind of two targets I was looking at with Mizzou 
So I'm with you, Houston. This this guy um, Burden is was a five star recruit. You know, he's yes. their best player. They're looking to get him involved. They got him in the Wildcat. They gave him a couple goal line carries. He can score. I don't really understand why his price dropped from last week. He, he went down. Yeah. They, what he showed, he showed that he's a focal point of their offense. So I do think there's value there, especially in a game that should be high scoring. He's my favorite play. Yep. He's probably the only guy, though, on, on this Missouri team I'm looking at. They do have a lot of mouths to feed. Not that any of them are overly great, so the ball's spread out. So there's one focal point I feel like it is Burden. Yeah, no, I and Burden's special. Like, and we're going to hear about him, and, and he's going to be good. And I think K-State showed a little bit of, you know, a little bit of weakness on D. They weren't great in, in week one. I didn't need to be great. But, um, yeah, I think I, I'm with you. I think Burden, the only reason I mentioned um, Schrader is just because his value. I think he's like 3500 Um, He's pretty cheap. There he was, 4200 Yeah, so could be, maybe, possibly. But on the other side, yeah, Avon checking in. That is Adrian Martinez from Nebraska playing for K-State, and he had a – I'll call it. It was a pretty dreadful week one. I think he threw like 20 times for like 50 yards. And I mean, he got involved in the running game a little bit, but they didn't need him, and I get that. Um, I will be interested in him this week. 6700 seems like a fair price for someone that can probably be multidimensional. What do you have? 14 TDs passing, 13 TDs rushing last year. So 27, pretty good value. But Deuce Vaughn's a guy, and it's a guy I probably – I know we're paying up for him, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield too. I think we could have some good value with Deuce Vaughn. I'm with you. I'm only, I'm only really looking at these two guys. Maybe maybe if I want to play you know, Malik Knowles with, uh, with Adrian Martinez, and Mike Hector, maybe I'll throw a lineup like that. But for the most part, you know, Adrian Martinez, if you want to play him, doesn't need to be paired with someone. So if you right. think – if you want to be different, because Deuce Vaughn's going to be very highly owned. I think he's going to be yeah. one of the more popular players on the slate. So yeah. I can see a scenario where Adrian Martinez steals a bunch of rushing touchdowns and being different by playing him instead. I can I can see that. I can see where you get there. Um, you know, obviously Adrian Martinez has a lot of upside. We saw it at Nebraska. You know, the one question mark is what this is this offense designed to be fantasy friendly for him? You know, as it was at Nebraska. We'll see. Right. This yeah. will be find out. Uh, but, yeah, Deuce Vaughn is safer. Deuce Vaughn's a great player. He's going to be an NFL player. Uh, this seems like a, a pretty decent matchup for him. So there's a lot to like about Deuce Vaughn. The only negative thing to say is everyone else is going to be playing him too. So you got to eat the ownership. That's it. That's the only thing. I agree. I mean, Missouri's 60th in SP plus defense. So we know they're middle of the road, if not worse. So there's going to be points in this game. And I think it's going to be on the ground. And it's going to be Martinez and Vaughn. So I'm with you. You could pair them both. But I'd probably be selective and try and keep them maybe separate if you're making your your lineups. I, I don't know if I want to pair them both because I think if you're going to get the rushing touchdowns, one's getting more than the others. And one might steal some, like you said. That's the thing. I think for, for them, it's going to be on the ground, the points, right? Yes. So for them to, to make value, it's hard to – they'd have to rush, what, for six, seven touchdowns in the game for them both to get there, which I suppose is possible, but seems unlikely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right, let's keep it going. How about this Wake Ooh, Vanderbilt game? He's back. He, and he somehow, yeah, he's somehow okay. <laughs> I, I was, I thought he was. I, the week one, it was like he might be out for the year, yeah. and then all of a sudden, okay, he's back week two. So I don't yeah. know what's going on with Hartman. Um, I assume if they're putting him out there, he's okay, and they're going to let him play the whole game. So, um, you know, we it, it's you know, it's uh, you can't really get 
too involved and they're not going to tell you, but you know, uh, he's had the mental health issues in the past. So he surely had something that he was trying to get himself well. And if he's ready to go and they're putting him out there, I believe he's ready to go. He's as close to an auto play on this card as can be. I mean, Vanderbilt is coming to this game. They've played two cupcakes and they've smashed them. I know Hawaii and Elon, but They've also let up almost 300 yards in the air in both of those games. Hartman must be licking his chops. I mean, this is a guy that threw 39 touchdowns last year. So um, 8K is a lot. Yes. You know, I can't believe Grist is worth more, right? Can you? Well, yeah. I was just going to say, I was like, what were the guys at DraftKings thinking? Because even if they were thinking, <laughs> well, he's not going to play, you gave him a price. Shouldn't it be more? Of, he's obviously yeah. the Heisman candidate. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. How could the backup be more, even if he didn't think he was going to play? I know. Laughable. And But that makes it a smash. And I get yeah. same thing you said with Deuce Vaughn. I think we'll see high ownership value probably in the 30% range, even on 14-game schedule. But I do feel like there is value. Vanderbilt's very bad defensively. Very, very bad. Yeah, listen. Wake Forest is going to score a lot of points. And yes. Sam Hartman is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So it's going to be hard to get away from it. Especially, I think he's underpriced. You I, I can't tell me, I would, uh, uh, seven out of seven days of the week, I'm taking Sam Hartman at 8K with a <laughs> down at 10 2. You know, because I think they have similar upside. And I just saved him 2,200 by taking Sam Hartman. So that's the point we're making with the price. There's nothing against Bryce Young. It's just it was overpriced. And it's hard to play somebody that expensive when you're guys like Sam Hartman at 8K who can do. A lot of the same. He can throw the. He can throw four touchdowns and and maybe even run one in two. Um, so I love Hartman here. I think they're going to score a ton of points now because of the pricing. And this is really just a pricing play for me. I'm probably going to shy away from these backs. I think they're just they split time to pay seven k yes. plus for backs that split time. It just too, it's too expensive. I can't really trust them there. Even though it's going to be an explosive offense, um, I just think there's better ways to spend our running back money. I agree. Like you looked at Turner last week, right? Nice hundred yards, two TDs, thirteen carries. I can't get behind a guy and pay seventy two hundred if I'm only going to project thirteen carries. So yeah. I'm with you. I, I think this is too much of a balanced backfield that I'm, I'm away from that. Vaughn checking in saying this is his second favorite game stack. I I agree. It's the second highest total on the board as well at sixty five. So I, I think staying in this game for both sides of the ball and a projected like I mean I think Wake's like a thirteen point favorite. So it's not stuff. I think we'll see guys going into the fourth quarter in this game. And, and you know, I, I think I agree with you. Um, I listen to the fourth quarter because I think Vanderbilt's a little bit better. They're a little <laughs> bit improved that they they're going to lose by a lot, but I still think they'll keep it good close enough where guys stay in the game. Maybe they lose by three scores, right? It's not completely over, and and they're playing into the fourth. I love At Perry. I love, love At Perry. I think he's going to make plays. 6,900 just feels yeah, like yeah. a steal. This guy is – I know he's next level ready. I mean, let's just face it. He, he, he's he got the size. He's got the reach. He's got the speed. And he gets his boy back. I'm with you. I think this is this is a great play for A.T. Perry this week. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's now the undisputed top target, right, where, mm -hmm. you know, last year he was, you know, kind of 1B, where now yeah. it's just him, right? And so he might get 12, 15 targets. And – uh, and he certainly is a red zone target. He can certainly get in the end, get a couple scores. I think the price tag, I don't I wouldn't have priced him lower than two running backs on this team. So no. I think you're getting a good value here too. Agreed. Agreed. Now on the other side of the ball, I think that's where things get interesting, right? Now, before I guess, before we move on, you know, I, I do think Donovan Greed and Taylor Moore are in play just because it's an explosive team. Yep. Um, 
I they're both a little bit higher price than I would like, but that doesn't mean you can't play them. They're affordable. If you're really going to stack this game and play Hartman, you can squeeze them in. But my preference is Perry for sure. I agree. I, I think that's what it is. If you just dedicate yourself to a stack, let's go and get Hartman, Perry, and Green. And even more, and if you want to throw him, not all, all four, but more or Green, pick one of them, do a three-man stack. I think you can get a lot of value. Totally agree. Uh, I think, as I was saying, I think on the other side of the ball is where things get interesting because yeah. Mike Wright, I actually think it looks pretty good. And at 5,400 in a game that works like them to go one of the highest totals, again, it just seems like a misprice, right? I don't think he should have been that low. I mean, so maybe if he was 6.4, I think that probably would have made more sense. Getting him at one of the cheaper quarterbacks on the slate in this game, in this environment, seems like a strong play to me. Yeah, I, I'm stunned. Like, I just got to be honest. Uh, Mike Wright's decent. I, I stayed up for the Hawaii game. He put up 45-1 in that game. Came back versus Elon, punched in six touchdowns. He's fast, and they roll him out. He's got a lot of, you know, options in his game. Um, I 5,400. I mean, I can't see this guy going under 20 this week, and I could see him getting up to 40 again. So, at, at that range, I, I agree. He might be the best price quarterback on this board. And the argument people will make are, you know, Hawaii, Elon, they are garbage. They are garbage, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, the, if, the, if the game script goes as we're saying and Wake Forest is up three scores, you know, naturally teams let the gas off a little bit and it's just going to be Mike Wright back there making plays, right? Running, scrambling, yeah. throwing the ball. And we saw he can do that, right? He's pretty good. And at 5,400, even if it's all garbage time points, they count the same, right? It doesn't matter. So – I'm I'm totally fine. I, I think he's a really strong player. I agree, and I could see this being a Hartman right stack in your lineups, which will probably be a popular stack. But that's yep. that's fine. Uh, how about these pass catchers? Anyone? Any of these receivers that that you're looking at? And McGowan sticks out a little bit. He's had a, a couple of good games, but again, like you, they, they kind of spread this thing around. And like I said, they're they're more of a kind of um, open field type team. They're they're giving him a lot of options. I. Yeah, it's probably McGowan the most. Bodie's been solid in his first two games, but that's probably where I – yeah, that's probably where I'd look. Um, I know Shepard's the highest of all of them, but those two I, I lean. You know, I will say Shepard had 11 targets last week. You know, that's, that's good. It's a lot of looks. You know, he's not overly expensive, so I'm okay with him too. You know, if you just want to stack one of these guys, uh, you know, in the game, that's fine. I probably won't play much of them solo, but – in my Mike Wright stacks, I'll probably get us some exposure to a couple of these guys to catch a touchdown pass. Yeah. All right. How about we go to this Alabama game? Yeah. This is a tough one. This is. It's just tough. You know, this is the game we're playing right now. It's it's less about picking the best football players and more about there's 14 games. We got to be smart about salaries and what we can afford to optimize our lineup because that's what you got to think about this week. So with that being said, Alabama has – probably the best offense in the country and also the best defense in the country, which makes it really It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I'll start on, let's start on the Texas side for this game. I'm not really interested in anyone because I'm scared of this Alabama defense. Uh, I mean, if you really love Alabama and you want to play around with this game and stack and get a, you know, someone on the other side, B. John Robinson's an NFL player. He's awesome. But uh, I'm scared of this Alabama defense, so I think I'll be playing a lot of B. John Robinson this year, just probably not this week. 
I hundred percent agree. I think if Alabama does anything, they take B. John Robinson out of this game and say, "Kid, Quinn, you go try and beat us because you're not going to, but you at least try." And we got the best player out of the game. So, I and seventy three hundred. There's there's just I can't find a way to get him in my lineups. I just can't. I, I and I know he's good, and I know he's like Heisman potential, but now nah, not for Alabama. I, I I agree with you there. So then let's go back to the. Alabama side, we talked about Bryce Young. Listen, he's, the, he's got the highest potential on the slate. He's the best player. Not taking anything away. Who probably, if I had to put money on it, I'd say he'd score the most points this week. But he'd have to be so much better than everyone at this price for it to pay off that I think you're better off just fading him. Uh, yep. The only the only scenario where I can maybe see it making sense is if you have a bunch of value guys you really like and you're playing in a small tournament. Where you're not going up against that many people. Go. So, yeah. you know, you don't have to take as many chances. You just kind of lock in a guy that's going to do well and, and you have your value play. So maybe in a small tournament, but other than that, I just think it's too much money. I like that strategy. And, I mean, you got to – even at 10-2, like you you mentioned it earlier, he's going to be 20% owned at a minimum just because yeah. everybody knows the name. So I, I think there's – you know, you can really get creative outside of him and just be fine. The one guy I do like, though, and I, I will see shares of, I know it's a little expensive – but Jermaine Burton does really intrigue me. I know last week it's just five for 35, but he still had the two touchdowns. And I just think a guy like that receiver that can really put up 102 touchdowns and give you a 30-point week, like in a bad week last week because they were smoking Utah State, he puts up 20, right? In a week versus Texas, I think it could be 30 easily, and then you're really getting some good value at 8K. So I, I could see myself buying some Jermaine Burton shares. Oh, I'll add that. Just because we're going away from Bryce Young doesn't mean we're going away from his pass. We still think he's going to play well, right? Yeah. And the pass catchers aren't over. I don't think they're overly overpriced. I think they're perfectly in play. So I'll be getting a lot of exposure. Not just Burton. I like Prentice too a lot. I yeah. think they hold it a little bit. I think all these guys could score and get to 100. So I you don't have to stack. You can just play the receivers. I think the receivers can score. They're more reasonably okay. priced. And you just don't have to, you know, chase Young's price tag as much either. The other guy that that I'm I'm in between on is Gibbs. Again, same concept as as Young. Gibbs is awesome. Yep, he's in a great spot. It's just a matter of he's a lot more expensive than anyone else, uh, <laughs> and they have a lot of guys that can score. And so, you know, I can get around to playing him because it's not as egregious as ten. You know, eight point seven. It's 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 you know more affordable. I just also think there's plenty of guys in the seven K range. We'll talk about later that we can get behind that might be competitive to him. So it'll be some salary saving. So it's hard to stomach that 8.7, but you know, he certainly could have a huge day. He is. And I agree with you, but I mean, like you said, the gap, I mean, he's eight, seven, the next guy, seven, nine, which is Sanders who we already talked about. We had 118 yards in, yeah. against Cincy. And now he's playing a weaker defense this week with South Carolina. So I, I'd probably rather spend the 79 on Sanders, even though Gibbs is great, but I agree with you. There's good value at running back as we, as we get to the next game. So I'm I'm probably out on Gibbs. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably. You'd have to go for 250 and, like, two touchdowns for me to really, like, regret my my pick. If he goes for 115, too, I'll be, I'll be okay. 150 and do it. I don't, it's like that's not even good for him. Yeah. No, I agree. That's what I mean. I'll be okay. I'll sit there yeah. fine. 250 and two is like, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I booted that one. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Um See, you know, I'm I'm scratching my head a little bit on what to do with with this Miami team because what we saw from Van Dyke last year was 
an awesome quarterback, right? Yeah. The guy was slinging it. He was making plays. They lost their top playmaker. Uh, their top two probably playmakers, to be honest. And I still think they're going to be a really good offense. But now we're getting to this predicament of there's 14 games, and are we going to play a quarterback who's not really a salary saver who doesn't run, right? He's a great yeah. quarterback, but you don't get any extra rushing. You're paying this much as for anyone else. So I'm not saying you can't play him because I can see why you'd want to get behind him. He's a really good player. Uh, but I, that's kind of how I'm talking myself out of it. I agree. Uh, I mean, he still had a solid game in week one in, in the blowout 13 to 16. Great. I get it. And Chris Paul brings in like, I don't want to say he brings in the traditional Oregon offense because he was just there so quick. He's a Miami guy, but um, I think in this spot, it's really tough with the price that you're saying and the other options that we have. And I got another one down the line and I'm sure you do that. I like better. So I could see it. I can see it. I just think he's just high floor, low ceiling. I think he's just kind of, yo, you know, you'll get 20 out of him, maybe 25. I don't know what much more you can. I agree with that. I think a high floor, low ceiling is put well. So, you know, if you want to play again, if cash, cash, a small tournament, it might make more sense. Uh, because you know, he's pretty, I don't think he's going to flop. He's going to be okay. Um, but is he a break the slate type of guy? And that's where I'm, I'm thinking probably not. No. So in the running back position here, I, I think Knighton and if Knighton's back and healthy, I think they're going to split carries, which kind of neutralizes both of them, which makes me not as interested. Uh, unless I, I think we can find backs in this price who are more bell cows than I'd prefer. So, uh, are you liking any of these backs on the Miami side? negative there and, and, and for similar reasons on your side and because i probably i'll allude to it like one on the other side the same salary so no nah. i agree i think uh, let's just go right over to it yeah. gore jr yeah uh, playing is bad team right playing is and he already got 32 carries in week one you think they're gonna let him get less than 32 this week no and way feed him the ball and i i think i read somewhere that he's a little salty that they didn't make him an offer yes it, it's, it's a bad it's a team, team. So if there's a revenge game narrative, this is the one. Um, at 6,200, a guy that's going to get 30 carries in a revenge game potentially. Uh, yeah, I'll have some shares of him for, for the upside of him breaking this league. Yeah, he's my favorite in this game. Like, if I looked at this whole game, listen, USM is not very good offensively. They're not very good at quarterback. They're not very good at receiver. But they got Frank Gorgine. And they are going to make it a, a, an absolute – they were going to dedicate this game to him. And they are going to make it – Certain that he's getting the ball at least 30-plus times. I think it's 6,200. Even if he gets 32 carries, he'll find a way to 100 yards. He will find a way to 100 yards in this game. Pop in a touchdown. You got your 20-plus points at 62. You're in good shape. I'll, I won't have to look at the numbers, but I don't know how many people know that to make him think that he's going to be – like he'll probably be pretty low-owned in my opinion. I, I think so too. I don't think he's going to be in 10%. Maybe 5 or something like that. So – now, this game's total is 51 and a half, which there's only three other games lower than that. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think you're going to see a lot of people jump to this game. Yeah. So, Frank Gore Jr., interesting play. Keep an eye on him. Uh, and then do you like any pass catchers on either side of this game? I, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably, for a lot of that 51 and a half reason and a lot of that I'm just going to bank on Gore getting the ball, I, I don't like much else in this game. The only guy I might 
throw one dart at is Will Mallory, who's kind of a budget tight end. You know, Miami's tight end you. They, they always have a good tight end. He was decent last year as their yeah. second. He scored, tight, he scored a few touchdowns. So at 4,400, I think he can find the end zone. He doesn't have to do much more than that as a value play. So maybe I'll sprinkle him in there, but that's probably the only guy I might look at. Yeah, good call. Nice. I like it. All right. Let's keep this train moving. How about Penn State and Ohio? Uh, I'm going to start off by saying I'm not going to play anyone on the Ohio side. Penn State yeah. defense is pretty good. I don't think this team is is going to be able to score many points. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not even playing that much on the Penn State side, but I agree with you. Ohio, I'm, I'm probably passing. I'll, I'm going to look at Singleton a little bit, but the one I probably like the most is Tinsley. And I just think at the receiver position, 5,700 gives us really, really good value here. Um, the question here is, what's Penn State want to do? Uh, they're going to win this game, and they're going to win it with margin. Um, but I still think Tinsley can can really be good value at 5,700. I totally Tinsley's one of my favorite plays. 5,700 feels like too cheap for as much as they targeted him last week. Yeah. With, with a really good quarterback. Um, I love Tinsley. He's a really good value player here. If you want to, like, I, I do think this Penn State receiving team, I think Clifford throws a lot. He's going to mm-hmm. get some scores. If you want to play Parker Washington or Lambert Smith, I'm okay with that too. I think you can play any of those guys. I wouldn't play two. You can play one of them, but you can pick your pick. I think any of those three are in play, but I agree. Tinsley's my favorite for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's interesting. I Clifford's just a little much for me. You were 100%. He, he throws a ton, and I think he's – even gets the ball on the ground a little bit. I think 7,300 is a little much. I think Tinsley's my play on this whole card, and I'm probably passing to the next game. I agree. I, you know, I thought about Clifford for a little bit because they can run it up and maybe I'll throw for a few, but it's now at that point, it's more a matter of I think there's just better plays in a similar range. Yep. I do think Clifford can have a really good game, but I'm going to probably have to go a different direction. My, I, I agree with you. Singleton looks really good. My only concern with playing the Penn State backfield, it looks like there's a bunch of guys getting carries and it's not, he's not getting them all, which is what makes it. I think if he, if he got to dominate the backfield, I would love him. Yes. He won't get all the carries. No, I, I do think, and by the end of the season, I think he is going to get the majority yeah. of the carries, but I just think this early still they're they're giving him a little bit of time here. Yeah. I, I still like him. I could see myself buying a, again, that 10, 20% range, but yeah, it, I don't know. I just, I feel like the passing game is more strong in this game. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We are moving on. We're getting to the afternoon already. We're looking at this Notre Dame Marshall game. Um, again, same content. I'm I'm not really interested at all in this Marshall team and against Notre Dame here. Uh, but actually, I think in Notre Dame side, that I am interested. I think there's some guys on Notre Dame that, that I'll look at. I'll start with Tyler Buckner. Are you going to be playing him at all? Yeah, I, I, I will because – what I liked about Buckner, and I know Ohio State, like in the past, had a defense you could expose more. And I understand the game plan that they went in with to really try and dominate the ball and keep it out of Ohio State's hands. So I liked what they tried to do in that game. But I saw some flashes out of Buckner, and I saw an ability to run the ball a little bit, and I saw the ability to get the ball out wide. Um, it wasn't deep, it wasn't downfield much, but um, I think there is value that they might try and open this one up more where they were protective in game one. I think they open it up more here and we're going to get really low ownership because all people remember is Notre Dame just looked solid. They looked sloppy. They didn't really try. Um, But I think that's different in this game. And let's not forget 
They're also playing one of the best defenses in the country. I mean, Ohio State, that was no – this is going to be a whole other look against a Marshall team that's nothing with Ohio State. So, um, I mean, you're, everything you said was right, right? They weren't going to put them in trouble against a team that was more talented than them. But now they're playing a much weaker team, and I think he's going to have a chance to really shine here. So, I think there's a lot of upside. He, he runs. He throws. He's only 6K. So, um, I think there's for sure very much so a value. Uh, I think he's a really strong play this week. Yeah, I think, and I think when you go down, I I can't believe Meyer's only thirty nine hundred. I I don't know about you, but he's one of those guys that you know came coming into the year is really a huge target, right? And he was five catches, thirty two yards. Not he didn't throw up the you know these big scoreboard numbers, but this week I think he could at that thirty nine hundred. I I love him for a value play. This is a mispricing. My Meyer. Is an NFL tight end. He's going to yes. be a very good – he's going to be a first-round pick probably. He's like – it's not just like maybe he's in the NFL. He's going to be like – he's one of the best players in the country. So why they mispriced him, I don't understand. It was This is way too low. Um, I I don't think this is a surprise though. I think he's going to be very highly owned. I think yeah. he's going to be one of the higher-owned players in the week. But um, it's almost hard for me to envision a scenario where he doesn't at least meet value at 3,900. I mean, five catches for 60 yards is all he needs, and that's easy for him. Yeah, I, I can't see how I don't put him 40, 50% of my lineups at this point. Yeah. Even I, if even if somehow he just gets his five for 32 in week one, gets eight to 10 points, which which I miss on, I only paid 3,900. I'm going to be able to buy some other places. So, I, yeah, he's one of my favorite plays. I agree. And week one was against Ohio State. That's his floor. And it would it, I can't imagine that happening again this week. Uh, he could beat it in one catch. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> So Myers is a smash. Everyone should be – you really got to have your eye on him because this was a mistake. Um, other than that, anyone else you like here? Um, I might see myself getting into some styles because uh, I do think the price is there and valuable. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think if I get Buckner and I get Meyer, I, I think I'm happy getting out of there and, and not risking – you know, I, I want to see Buckner get it downfield a little more before I buy in a Notre Dame receiver, but I, I could see myself playing a little bit of that. The only other receiver on Notre Dame I might consider is Lindsay. You know, he's been there a while. You know, he, yeah. he's a kind of a red zone target. I could see Lindsay catching a touchdown. So not someone I'm looking to play too much of, but if I'm looking for someone else to stack with uh, Buckner, maybe I'll give Lindsay a look. Yep. All right. I like it. All right. How about we go over to this Tennessee Pittsburgh game. This is an interesting one. So the confusion a little bit for me with this game, and it's mainly on the Pittsburgh side, is this. Pittsburgh is coming off having maybe the best quarterback and receiver duo in the country where a lot of their games became explosive because they could score. And they had a pretty good defense, but their offense would keep game scores going up because they keep going back and forth with people. That's not going to happen this year. They don't have the first-round pick quarterback. They don't have the best receiver in the country. Their offense may not be terrible, but it's not going to be what it was last year. Um, and I think that's going to make their defense look a little better because they're not going to be going these shootout-type games where teams are going back and forth. They're known to have a pretty good run D, right, which, you know, keep that in mind, you know, they kind of funnel teams kind of have to pass. Uh, and Herndon Hooker, for some reason, his price drops, which, again, baffles me. Yeah. He's one of the best athletes, He's one of the best players in the country. Uh so I think the long story short of it is this. You know, if this game was with Kenny Pickett last year, Herndon Hooker would be almost every lineup I play because it would be a shootout and you have to play him. I don't think this game turns into a shootout. I think 
I don't think I think I actually think Tennessee's gonna beat them handily. Um, because I, I just don't love Pittsburgh's offense. Um, but if you're gonna beat somebody handily, you're gonna score a lot of points. And I do think Hernogan can do that. So I like Tennessee, but you tell me what are you thinking about Pittsburgh? Yeah, you know, you have an interesting take on it. I and I appreciate that. I, I thought coming into the year, exactly what you said, it's what we were going to see out of Pittsburgh, a different team that was going to focus more. Like last year, they had very good defensive line. I think they were first or second in the nation in sacks. Um, they could really create that defensive front and stop the run, like you said, but you could expose them a little bit if you got enough blocking. You could beat them in the passing game. So, um, But this year I thought it was going to be a little bit more slow it down, right? But 38-31 versus West Virginia, and I'm like – what is this team? Now I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I read it wrong. Slovis is not in play for me. 6,800 is just too much for a guy that I'm just not ready to, to buy in on. I saw too much sloppy play in that game. But on the other hand, I do think there were some decent guys in that game. And I think uh, from my perspective, Mumfield, Wayne, I think you could buy in with because I think Tennessee is going to play fast-paced, try and play that like blitz-type offense. Outside of that, I, I, I just off Slovis, but I, I might see myself getting a share of Montfield or Wayne, just hoping they, they break a touchdown here or two. I can see that my concern, the 7,500 from Montfield, I just feel like it's, it's steep. It is. Um, it is. But if you're going for this game, it makes sense. He's the, he is the guy, him or Wayne, I agree. Those are the two guys that are going to get you there. So if this is the game you're targeting, that's who you're looking at. Um, and then on the other side of the ball – you know, my instinct when I saw this game wanted to get away from Hooker, but when I saw his price drop, that doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm going to be playing Hooker. Hooker's one of the better players in the country. Dual threat. He can throw for 300 and run for another 100, right? He can just do it all. And, and the, the pass rush for a guy like him is less concerning because he can yes. just it and then he'll be gone, you know, and the guys are all in the backfield. So, um, Hooker is, is probably going to be – he'll be one of my top three quarterbacks this week for sure. Because I'm going to be playing a lot of Hooker and, and they have a tough front, I won't be playing too much small. I just think there's other areas to go from the backfield. But I will be pairing Hooker with one of these receivers. I'll get him a, a correlation. I think all three of them are playing. Tillman's the best, right? So, like, it's smash button, you can play him there. But if you want to go for a more value, I'm okay with Hyatt or McCoy. I think both guys could be in play if you want to – Try one of them. You pair one of them with, with Hooker this week. I agree. I think if you're going to play Hooker, you got to grab a receiver. It, it just it was apparent to me in that West Virginia game. Um, I felt bad for the kid, Bryce Ford Wheaton, but he had, I felt like 20 catches, but the one drop late in the game that turned an interception um, was huge. And But it showed me that Pitt is so exposed in the defensive backfield that I think if you're going to go hooker, you got to grab one to two of these receivers. I think I, 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 I like Tillman the most. I'm with you just because he's the guy, right? But he's the smash player, like you said. So Hyatt McCoy, I'm intrigued in maybe pairing them together with hooker. It's not a bad play. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, there's certainly the possibility that someone like Pittsburgh just tries to take Tillman out of the game, triple team him, and then let these guys kind of run wild. Yeah, Pitt has that – they do have that one decent defensive back. I, I'm, I'm lost for the name right now, but he returned the interception for a touchdown. And um, he's got potential to be a top two-round pick in the NFL. So, they, it's, yeah, they could throw him on Tillman. The other two could run wild. So, yeah, so plenty of options here, but I think the sentiment here is we like this Tennessee passing attack. Yes. Against Pittsburgh. Um, all right, so 
I don't know what to do with this Appalachian State team. I'm, I'm baffled by something because typically up a year until now, they're a slow it down, run the ball, defensive type team. And then they put up 60 points last week. And it was like, what is going on? So I still have my reservations, especially against a, a very tough Texas A&M. I'm going to say, listen, if they do it again this week, then I'll believe it and I'll go back to them in the future. But I'm going to have to see it again. So for this week against a much more talented Texas A&M defense, I'm going to go full fade. I'm not complaining. On, on, uh, I agree. We laughed at Chase Price last week. We yeah, let's go bad about it. <laughs> and then, then he he probably heard this and he's like, all right, guys. here yeah, here's my... Now, that was all about North Carolina. Let's just be honest. That was all about North Carolina and how bad they are defensively. Um you know, in something that we'll have to use in the future. But I'm with it that this week there's just no way I can be convinced that they can go down into, you know, College Station and run something similar to what they had last week. I think this is one where some people might say 61 points or whatever it was they scored. I'm going back to them. And I think you might get some artificial value, like artificial ownership here. I'm full fade to full fade. And I'll tell you what. If they prove me wrong again this week, then I'm in. From the rest of yep. the season, I'll play them. I'll be in. But uh, for now, I'm not going to go there. So yep. how about on the other side of the ball? The Texas A&M team is, is a very talented roster, but their offensive line didn't seem to be able to make any holes last week against a not-so-good team anyway. Um, you know, Does that mean they'll get it right this week? Probably, right? They're, they're, they're highly talented recruits. For what I understand, they're very young. So maybe it might take them a few weeks to get it together. Um, I think Haynes King is just too much. Right? He can play the game way too much. I'd rather play Herndon Hooker or Hartman. Than- I'd buy Bryce Young yeah. at 10 2 over yeah, him. Agree. At that point, yeah, we'll just play yeah. Bryce Young. Yeah, so yeah, there's no need to pay up for him. Um, you know, a Shane's a tough one because I don't know what to think about this offensive line. Um, obviously, Appalachian State didn't look too great on defense last week they gave him three points so anything can happen um i think my preference is going to be ania smith he's you know he really showed out last week i think he's their number one playmaker but i could get behind a smith or a shane yeah i i think you're you're on target with both those the shane it was surprising they only go for 42 against sam houston state um he did punch in a touchdown so he got a little value but I, i i think you know, watching how bad Appalachian State played defensively in their front there. Um, I saw a lot of running backs running wild. I saw Drake May getting loose in the backfield. I think this could turn into a running game. So I like a Shane probably a little bit more than I like Smith, but um, I, I could see Smith getting loose too. Yeah. So six for, six for 164 in week one is no, it, it, it's good. My gut tells me that a and is going to win this game handily, so they're going to score. So it's a matter of finding who's going to get in the end zone. Yeah. Yep. All right. How about this uh, – what is it? Washington State-Wisconsin game. Um, I'm not going to lie. I got nothing. I mean, this, this game right here it, with a total value of 49, and I hate Graham Mertz. I can't even – like. it's not fair for me to analyze this game. So I'm just punting. I'm with you with everyone. The only guy worth mentioning here is Braylon Allen. He is a very good back, and this Wisconsin team feeds the ball to the running back. So yeah, I could see Braylon Allen having a big game, but there's no one else I would consider in this game. Yeah, I just – I can't. I can't. I, I, I've been scarred too much by Wisconsin and Murphy. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good passing on this game. <laughs> all right, all right. You know what? We could almost do it again. I, I'm definitely not going to play 
I, was, I, can, I can commit right now to not playing anyone on Colorado all season. That's it. I, I will never be a player on Colorado I roster. I agree. Yvonne just checked and said, Brandon Allen, third best back in football. And I look, don't disagree. I think Joe made a good point. We can play him. Um, and I think he's great. I mean, Wisconsin has been known. What, what do we have? Jonathan Taylor. And even back to my day with Ron Dane. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can get Allen. I, absolutely. We, I shouldn't laugh at that, but that's it. But this is the game, Joe. This is the one. And looking on the right-hand side, it's Hazik Daniels and it's Brad Roberts, and I love both plays. I, I wanted to get your take on both. Yeah, I, I actually was um, – I'm, uh, I was going to say the exact same thing. There's two guys you can play. You don't play anyone in Colorado. Uh, Hazik Daniels at 5,900. It's hard to get a quarterback that is it, who's – like. If you ever watch an Air Force game, and sometimes when they're like the Thursday night game, I watch it because you know that's the on. Their quarterback, I think, is the whole offense. Every play, it's it's him. He gets the, so at fifty nine hundred. That's too cheap. Um, I like him. Now it's not a good game script. Like Colorado likes to play slow. It's not like a game script where it's going to be a lot of points. But I think Daniels can almost score every point for them, right? Like that is something he's capable of doing. So. Uh, I think he's a little underpriced. I think you can definitely play him. And I think Brad Roberts, I prefer Daniels, but, you know, same type of thing can happen where Brad Roberts can just go off and, and have a big game on the ground. And so either one is in play for me. Yeah, I think I might have read that, you know, Roberts, one of his backups might be out. Um, I'd have to double check that. But either way, th this is a team that commits to the run and it commits to the run through their quarterback, like you said, very similar to the other military institutions like Navy and Army. They probably have a little bit more flair in the passing game, but not much. This is 70% run. And this is Daniels. This is this is Roberts. And this is a bad Colorado team. And I agree that Colorado will try and slow it down. But if they can't do anything on offense and they can't stop this team, you could still get a 31-3, 31-10 game where you get a ton of value out of both. So I, I'm really thinking of stacking these two. The the kind of like good news for playing Daniels and, and Roberts and the and the Air Force side is even if it's it's slow and they're dragging, the point is it probably will never get such a big blow that they'll be out of the game. Right. So they just drag it out, meaning they just keep accumulating points and points and yards and yards throughout the game. So it's, it's not like it'll be it, it won't be thirty five nothing in half time when they set the second half. That's just not how this game will play. Out. No, they're going to own the ball for forty minutes of the game, and it's going to be slow, but they're going to get their touches and they're going to get their production. So. Yep, I agree. So I think they're they're pretty safe plays there. I, I I probably honestly love them more even in cash because I think they're going to get their points and you know maybe they don't smash smot it up to the point, but definitely going to get there. So uh, they're both definitely viable in in all formats as well. I'm not even going to click on the depth chart for the Iowa. I was Forty points is the total. That's all you. There, you know, there was only one guy I would have said, and I, I'm not even sure I could even say that. But um, G. Real Brock, like I would say, good running back. Um, you know, he's coming off the the coattails of Brees Hall. But I mean, really, could I really play a guy versus one of the best defensive fronts in the nation? Probably not. So not yeah, don't click. We'll probably play him later in the year, but we, we don't need to play him Iowa week. That'll be another yep. week to play him. Um, all right, two games left, but now we will click these because these are two fun games. So They're fun games, and, and like. Look at them. This is probably my third favorite of all those stacks. I would probably say, you know, my favorite was Wake Fandy, and then maybe you could argue with the Pitt Tennessee, but this one I think is right there with Pitt Tennessee. I do. This is going to be a fun game. Listen, this this Texas Tech team 
is just a fantasy goldmine, right? Yes. Both sides, right? They're going to throw as many times as they can, run as many plays again. They want to play as if it's like two games, right? They want to make it so you have to just keep running play after play, which mm-hmm. means the team that they're playing is going to get more opportunities to score and come back. They're probably not going to have a very good defense. So I'll probably be targeting this Texas Tech team on offense and the team they're playing most weeks because it's just a good game script for fantasy. With that I, being said, um, we'll start on the Houston side. Clayton Toon, for what, who he is, I think disappointed last week. It made up for it with his overtime, and they got the extra plays and everything. But I don't think that's, I don't think that's what's to be expected moving forward. I think he just had a disappointing week. I think we're going to see maybe him even come back with a vengeance as we can have a monster game. So I actually like Clayton Toon a lot, knowing that this is going to be a really positive game script for them. Um, and I'm going right back to what we said last year. Maybe my favorite play of the week is Nathaniel Dell. Oh my god, this is the most underpriced. We could have talked about Meyer. What? How is he six thousand? Doesn't make I any just sense. Can't. I just can't. It boggles my mind. And so that's why we're talking about some of these other teams and these guys. We might play. It's like there's a lot of other guys. Like you know, I can see it. There's question. Mark. I'm not even like unsure. Like Nathaniel Dell is going to have a good game and six K. It just makes so much sense. So he's a smash spot here. I'm going to be way over owned with Dell this week. I'm counting now. 21 or 22 receivers are higher priced than Dell. Dell is still put up 24 in week one with five for 50 and two touchdowns. Toon, he dropped from 7,900 to 6,500 in this game after putting up 34. I agree it was a lucky 34. It was one that overtime helped. Um, but I think this is, you know, you're getting two, a worse defense, obviously, than UTSA in Texas Tech. I think it's a Toon Dell. You got to stack those two outside that. And I don't know what else I'll touch here, but it's those two. 12 5, you're barely spending, you know, a quarter of your, you know, salary with these two. I, I think they're, it's a great stack. Great. Love. I love this stack. I'm okay with it. Like, I think this is going to be a really good game script. So if you want to play one of these other guys, like Golden, Manjack, I actually like Manjack. I yeah. like, you know, he looked good last week. They, they got him the ball. He seems low on the depth chart here, but if you watched the game last week, he was involved. I mean, they were throwing him the ball. So if you want to stack, you know, tune with one of the other guys as well, they're cheap enough in a game that's going to go high. I'm okay with that. Now, on the other side of the ball, uh, for those of you who watch the show, and Dave, I know you're familiar with, we, I love that guy, Bailey Zapp. Uh, Remember? Western Kentucky? 60 times a game. Yep. They had Stearns. They had like a bunch of receivers. And they would go up. And it was, it was just a perfect game script. Well, that offensive coordinator is now at Texas Tech. Yep. So that offense that we loved, that was just smash button every time because they're going to throw a zillion times, is going to be this offense. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about game script and being very positive. It's, it's the fact that they're going to try and replicate what we saw. Now, Donovan Smith, you know, looked okay. Pretty good week one. You know, 7,700 is a little expensive, but for the offense that he's in, I think it's just teed up for him to have success. So I think this is a spot where, where you got to play. I, I agree. And, you know, coming into the year, we had this, you know, Houston's got this great D. Well, I think we can start to maybe get away from that and find some value. Good D. They're going to create pressure. They're going to get some sacks. But, you know, UTSA showed it. You can get open it. Absolutely, with the receiver position and the quarterback position. I think Smith is a nice play. And uh, I think there's a few good value plays here, too. I do like Taj Brooks at 6,900 in the running back position. Um, you know, we'll have to see, you know, how they decide to, but if it's a smash play, like you said, from a 
you know, passing perspective, there's some risk here that he will have a low floor. But Todd Brooks is good. He is good, and I think he catches the ball out of backfield, which gives him that added value. What about uh, – would you have any shares of Sir Roderick Thompson? Um, you know, I I didn't have him on my radar. I didn't. I I see the price tag, but I, I was leaning Brooks, and I was leaning on the other side price as well. So, no, I, I don't know. Would you? I actually lean Thompson because – I think it's more of a split backfield than anything. I, I do think Brooks is better, but uh, I think they get them both involved. And I saw, we saw last year Thompson have some big games where he made some big plays. So, you know, I'm more thinking at 5,300, just targeting this game script and getting the value play, thinking he might get close to as many touches. It's a strategic kind of more of a GPP play than I wouldn't play him in cash or tournaments. But if you're thinking this is the game and you want the back on this team, I can see how you can get a guy who will be involved at a much cheaper price tag. Yeah, I, I do think it's more closer to 60-40 as far as usage. So, yeah, if he gets if he takes advantage of his snaps, I'm, I could see that. I think it's it's fair of putting him out there, um, and but obviously not putting Brooks and Thompson one or the other. And, yeah, I, I could see that. And I probably would only play Brooks and Thompson if I'm not playing Smith. I don't think I want to be overstacking So. If it's one of those back, right? You're looking at a running game. You don't want to. Yeah, I, I like it. I like that. Yeah, right. yeah. So just something to be different. Again, I'm probably not going to be overly exposed to either one of those guys, but maybe I'll sprinkle something. And then I'll look at these receivers. I think a lot of these guys are in play. Uh, I mean, the, the best guys are Price. Uh, what? How do you say Funuji? Founji? Yeah, yeah. Now Funji. Yeah, I'm done with yours. I'm not even. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to say his name. Um, but I think the, the, the three guys to look at are, are Price, Foundy, and, and Bradley, um, who seems to be, you know, he led the team in targets in week one, you know, 100 yards. So um, I'm probably sprinkling all three of them in. I don't, you know, Price, you know, looks to be the number one guy by Price and maybe depth chart, but he didn't have a great week one. That doesn't mean he won't bounce back and be the best player this week. So I'm probably going to be evenly sprinkling those those guys in. Yeah, this is a game that, that we both love, and I, I think you have value on both sides, even going quarterback, quarterback, and a couple receivers. So I agree. All right. Um, so the last game to look at is going to be this Virginia-Illinois game. I'm going to start with Virginia because I loved Virginia last year. Like, this was an explosive offense. They threw the ball a ton. They were super fast-paced. Um, I don't really see a big reason to believe that it will be that much different. It looks like they really came down, though, because if you remember last year, they were pricing Brendan Armstrong like way up in the eight yes. games. Like, he was one of, why they came all the way down, I'm not 100% sure. Um, it seems like a mispricing to me. I'm almost like second-guessing myself. Like, am I missing something? What what changed Ooh. from last year? Um so but just the coach, I mean, but that's not like anything for me to like change anything. I agree. I think Brandon Armstrong is is really good, and I think this is an explosive offense, and I think this is a mispricing. So the fact that Tommy DeVito is twelve hundred dollars right. more, I'm baffled. Like, what? Who made the pricing this week? Um, so I'm going to be all over Armstrong. He'll be one of my higher own home players for sure. I think the, the pricing just looks wrong. I love this offense. So if you want to get a shares of Paris Jones at 5,600, I'm okay with it because I just think they're going to score a lot of points, and that just is too cheap. So I don't love the running back in Virginia, but at that price, it's, it's hard to, you know, 
if they're going to score a ton of points, he certainly can get in the end zone, and you're not going to – you don't risk much at 5,600. But the receivers who I'm most interested in, mainly the big three here are Wicks, Thompson, and Davis. Davis to 3,500. Big guy who can score a lot of touchdowns, way underpriced. I'll be open yes. to him for sure. Um, I'd even be okay with sprinkling a Hail Mary play on Billy Kemp because we've seen games where they throw to him, you know, oh, yeah. times you can get a bunch of catches at 4,200. But Wicks is probably the best receiver here on this team at 6,300. Again, perfectly fine price tag. So these guys, I'm going to be way overweight on. I just, I really love this Virginia offense. I agree. And let me just, just, I mean, I, I'm sure you know this, but last year when they played, Illinois, they won 42-14. Armstrong went for 408, 405 yards, five touchdowns. And Wicks, great point there. In that game, uh, I'm sorry, Kemp, in that game, six for 55 and a touchdown. Um, so, I listen, this guy can throw 400. Again, the, Illinois hasn't changed that much on defense. We watched them last week against Indiana, a bad offensive team, losing that game, went up mid-20s to them. I, I I don't even know if Brandon Armstrong is my favorite. If he's not, he's my second favorite. It's right there. It, it's just going to be one of those games. I really love this game, like you on the Virginia side. And I love Wicks. I like Kemp. Thompson, I, I think you can get anywhere with those guys. And I think you can get value. So, it, you know, it looks almost too easy. Yeah. Something seems wrong with these pricings here. So, we're hammering Virginia. Then on the Illinois side, because I like this game script, I think, you know, We've seen with Chase Brown, they're just going to feed him the ball. I mean, they, yes. he's so often. So at 6,400 for a guy who's going to touch the ball as much as him in a game that should be pretty high scoring, I think Chase Brown makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm probably going to play a lot of them here this week too. Yeah, I like that. And I, I even like Hightower. He gets fed a lot uh, from the receiver side. He had a bad fumble late in the game that kind of cost him the game. But um, I do like him at 4,900. He was getting a lot of targets in the, in the first two weeks. So um, – yeah, I think those – I'm nowhere near DeVito. Uh, forget about that. But those other two players I think are good value. I'll also mention Isaiah Williams. They throw to him a ton. Uh, yeah. 15 targets, I think, last week. So, I, you know, like you said, I have my concerns with DeVito. I, I'm not going to be overweight on a 7,100 receiver with quarterback I don't trust. But a guy who's going to get a lot of looks, if, I, if I'm going to be overweight on Virginia and I want to get some correlations – Maybe I'll sprinkle a little Isaiah Williams in as well, but that'll be it on the on the Illinois side. Yeah, he's got 16 receptions in two games. Great. And then, like I said, Hightower's got eight. So, I mean, you know, I like those two. Brian's been okay, but it only had five in the two. So, um, yeah, Williams, Hightower, I, I think, are pretty viable options. All right. Uh, that's a wrap for the week. Listen, with the 14-game slate, right, you got to – now to hone in on your games, right? There's, like we said, there's plenty of guys that I think could do well this week that I'm just not going to play because I can't play everyone. There's 14 games. I got to pick my spots. So I'm picking my spots on the games that I think have the best game script and the scores are going to go highest. I'm building kind of around that. Um, the good news is some of these guys that we mentioned are going to be chalky. Maybe we'll be a little less chalky than normal because of the 14 games and there's other guys where people will go. So it allows you to at least kind of, stand on your conviction plays and go all in on somebody. Cause I don't think anyone's going to be over 40 or 30% on it. Cause that's just too much on a 14 game slate. So that's it for me this week. What, what are your last words for, for the week? Yeah, I, I'm with you. And just to highlight some of the guys that, you know, to summarize it, like look at those quarterbacks, like let, let's get even the top three, four, draw your line. And with us, I think it starts with Hartman at 8,000. You go hooker 78, 
looking at KJ could get some pieces of him. But after that, I mean, let's get down there with Martinez, Toon. We talked about earlier, Armstrong. All these guys are in the 6K range. And then you could even dip down into the 6,000 with Buckner and Hazik Daniels at 59. So I think if you can build between that eight and that, you know, 5,500 range with your quarterbacks, you got a lot of money to spend on these talented players we talked about in other situations and positions. And the last thing not to forget, I'd say this that in every DFS sport you play, slate, you name it, right? The most important thing for you to do is build your player pool first. What you don't want to do is build the lineup, have one slot left, and say, I only have 3,100, so let yeah. me just find somebody, put it in, they get zero points, and it ruins your lineup. Build a player pool. If your last player is 3,100 and you don't have one in the player pool, that means you got to replace someone else and then get a player that you like because – you're only as good as your worst player. If you get one player that strikes out, your team's not going to win a lot of money. So you have to have a whole roster of guys that are going to do well, and you can do that. Just don't tie yourself to one guy that's really expensive and not adjust the rest of your lineup. Love it. Love it. Love that advice. Build the player pool. As we talked about today, that's why we go through each game. Those are the players. You have a pool. Make that lineup balance through that. Love it. That's a wrap for this week. Good luck. Please don't forget, follow us on Twitter. Hit the like button. Let us know how you do this week. We love to see the green screens. I love to see your results. Uh, we'll be around. Ask us some questions. You know, Give us a note on Twitter. We're gonna all going to win this week. We'll come back next week and uh, talk about how good we did. Love it. Good luck.